0: And I'm like, well, what else do we know about Klimov? No, nothing, mummy, he's just naughty. <laughs> and of course, I'm absolutely shitting myself at this point. <laughs>
1: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to episode three of your ghost stories.
2: So, I guess we must be doing something right if people are still listening, Nigel.
1: How was your week, man? It's been pretty uh, eventful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's that, been going on? Well, I had a tooth pull today, so I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit tender. So, if you start dribbling over the uh, microphone, I know why. You, yes, that is
2: exactly why.
1: There's no, <laughs> no other reason.
2: This week we have not one, not two, but three special guests. We have Emma, Tash and Becky from the awesome podcast, Spine Chillers and Serial Killers.
1: These ladies sound like a lot of fun and gave us a pre-warning and asked us if we know what we're letting ourselves in for. So get ready for a hilarious show with no boundaries. Without
2: further ado, let's get this show started. So hello, ladies of Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. It's a real pleasure to have you on board.
0: Hi. Hello. hello. Thanks for having us.
2: Oh, that's all right. I first heard about you guys from our mutual friend, one of your listeners, uh, shout out to Jason Crisp. So me and Jason were stuck on the M25 coming back from uh, a gig in London a few months back. uh, And there was like a snowstorm. So we were like fully stuck there till about four in the morning. And uh, he put on one of your podcasts. um, Actually, it was about 30 East Drive. um, And I really, really enjoyed that. Oh, The uh, Black Monk. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, so spooky, right? Yeah. And yeah, so we sat there on the M25 listening to quite a few of your stories in the early hours of the morning. And we heard some of your very own stories as well. So um, since we set up this podcast, you know, we've been really excited to get you guys on board and to hear your stories as well. Oh, person. thanks so
0: much. We're really excited to be here. Oh, that's, th- that's really sweet, but you've already heard them. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> I have heard your voices. It's just
2: hard to uh, distinguish who's who. We've set up a code that you're one, two, and three.
0: Yeah, no, I, I meant you've already heard the stories. If you... <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so I, yeah,
2: hundred percent. I heard. Um, we we listened to maybe about three episodes until about four in the morning, and uh, yeah, they were really awesome. But um, I have a really bad memory, so we have got you on the podcast. So we oh, that's see. fine.
0: Yeah, we've got also pain. their
1: listeners haven't heard our stories. So
2: no, it's true. It's true. it'll All be new. Well, our running joke is our only listener right now is Nigel's mum and dad. Hi,
0: Nigel's mum and dad. Hi, Nigel's
1: mum and dad. Thank God I love that shout out. We always shout out my mum as well. She knows far too much about everything in my life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's your your mum's name? My mum's name is Verity. Verity. What a lovely name. (laughs) She's a lovely person. If you can tell us a little bit about yourselves um, and your podcast, Spying Chillers and Serial Killers, how it all started and how you got into it.
0: Emma, over to you. Okay, so how did Spine killers and Serial Killers come about? Basically, it was during lockdown. I was dead bored and I really liked spooky stories. So I started going live on Facebook telling people spooky stories. And it was just something to keep me occupied. I'd research them during the week and then over the weekend do a live and people really seemed to like it. So kept doing that for a while. And then Becky just messaged me messages me randomly out of the blue do you want to do a podcast and i'd wanted to do a podcast for so long but i just didn't do, want to do it on my own um and i was like yeah and that was it me and becky were the like i think we did five ep- episodes yeah, that's right yeah five just as a twosome and uh yeah but there was something missing so that's when we asked tash to join because you know it's always been me Becky, and tash so and things are always better that when the three of you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: You guys make a great team. Um, yeah, like I said, I've listened to your podcast. You guys are a real good laugh. And um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun chatting to you. Thank
0: you very much. We hope uh, it's so. definitely a comedy. It's definitely a comedy, paranormal, true crime podcast. If you're looking for a serious podcast, do not come our way because that's not. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you're not going to get it. Uh,
1: there's, there's too many of them, like dead serious uh, podcast out there isn't there so it's, it's good to have a you know a um, a mix-up and uh, a bit of variety yeah
0: yeah definitely definitely I think we forget we're actually recording for other people when we're doing it which we probably <laughs> should remember sometimes yeah. we
1: definitely forget <laughs> that we're recording for other people
2: I think the best way for us to do this uh, would be go around one by one and we'll each share a few stories. Well, we're not going to share our stories. We're just going to listen to your stories. So if you guys each can share a few stories from your own personal paranormal experiences. So uh, Emma, we'll start with you if that's okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You can choose. You can either have Haunted Manor House or creepy things that my child has said or Ouija board sessions that have gone really creepily wrong
1: oh that that last one's got me intrigued that really ah, has got me intrigued
0: <laughs> it's the worst one though it's the least interesting but we can oh, start with that one is yeah it? we can start with that one let's start with the
2: worst and, and slowly progress
0: yeah <laughs> um so when i was a teenager i was really into doing ouija board to the point where i was doing it almost every day um i my parents had that house where everybody comes to You know, everybody just piles in. It was that kind of household. The door was always open to all my mates and everybody just came and we all chilled together and, yeah, got the Ouija board out. And it was all right to begin with, just mucking about, spooking ourselves. And then uh, one day we were doing it with one of my friends who really, sadly, his brother had um, committed suicide the year before. And his brother starts coming through on the Ouija board. And I'm like, shall we stop? Because this is like really uncool. Um, You know, it's not fun anymore. And it was actually him that insisted that we carried on. And through the Ouija board, his brother said, you're riding my... um, So we're in France and in France, a very popular thing. When you're about 14, 15, you can either get a scooter, like a... A little moped. uh, Like a motor... Yeah, like a moped or like a pedal and pop thing. You know, you pedal it and then it starts the motor and then you're off. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend used to have one. So
0: so he had one of those. And so his brother through this Ouija board is saying, I don't want you to drive it. Uh it's really unsafe. And yeah, that's that's basically what the message was. And when he went to leave, all the screws had been taken out of his headlights. Mm. So, and it was dark. So he couldn't actually leave on his moped. So uh I think it was my dad actually that gave him a lift home. So yeah, that was very creepy because non- none of us moved, you know, no- nobody that was doing the Ouija board session had gone outside with the screwdriver to unscrew his headlight. And also there were no screws anywhere. That's
2: a crazy story. I mean, you know, your podcast is called spine chillers and serial killers and now I see why you said <laughs> yeah. that was your worst story and my spine is tingling
0: oh that's that, that ain't nothing yet <laughs> <laughs> you ain't said nothing yet <laughs> another time we were doing a Ouija board session and it came through as some type of demon I mean if you've done Ouija boards generally you always get oh, I don't know somebody pretending to be a demon or some kind of devil or whatever it's never you know it's never a nice ghost called Phil who used to be a plumber do you know what I mean oh I really wanted to (laughs) (laughs) Phil but anyway we were doing this and it was quite creepy I can't remember exactly what was coming through but all of a sudden the lights went out in the entire house and as they went out I got slapped around the face and as soon as I got slapped around the face, they came back on again. So we're talking like three seconds, four Are you seconds. you confident it
2: wasn't just your friend who no,
0: slapped you the bitch. face? No, <laughs> because it was hard. I'll t- tell you what, it was hard. It was hard as fuck. It was hard enough to leave a red imprint on my face. And none of my friends had moved. They, I mean, they would have had to be ninjas to do it that quickly anyway, without anybody you'd noticing. You kind of hear someone rushing, so, across, like you'd hear them someone moving before the slap hit. I mean, there was a kerfuffle because the lights went out and we all shut ourselves, right? Kerfuffle. To be clear, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure it wasn't one of my friends because that's harsh. You know, I think it was
2: Phil because you wouldn't acknowledge him. you to get demons, so Phil was like, "I'm here, angry, angry, angry Phil." <laughs> Not such
0: a nice plumber now, am I? <laughs> 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 so yeah, after that, I never touched a Ouija board again. Never been near one because that was just that was a bit much.
2: By the sounds of it, you were a bit of a Ouija addict back in the day.
0: Absolutely, a hundred percent, and fascinated, and I am still fascinated with it. But I am a firm believer that. If you don't know what you're fucking with, then don't fuck with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've I've done a few sort of uh, sessions on a Ouija board. When I've been at like a few of these um, like ghost tours, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the people who were doing it were the ones moving it. Oh,
2: we we did one, didn't we? Um, yeah, it just I not right. It was, it was, it it was a bit right. of a crap night. But yeah, we did one. And this guy was there with, you know, this big camera set up and everything. You you know, when you just know this guy was just like, he was just trying to get some content for his YouTube channel or something. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I fully agree that, you know, you shouldn't fuck with Ouija boards. But yeah, in in some circumstances, you know, if you're with people you trust and you know it's happening, um, you know, it's scary as fuck. And you shouldn't, uh, 100% shouldn't fuck with that stuff. Really cool stories, so thank you for sharing those with us.
0: You're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Um, I can So you're more than
2: welcome, yeah, you're more than welcome to carry on with uh, some more of your stories.
0: Are you sure? Yeah, go Do for it, it. Do it, Which one, Haunted Manor or Creepy Kid?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, Haunted Manor.
0: Haunted Manor. Okay, so when I lived in England, so this would have been back in the late 80s um we lived on the grounds of a manor house so the manor house if i remember correctly dates back to the 16th century i mean it's been renovated and bits have been added on since then but the you know the original foundation is from the 16th century and it'd been turned into a college um for teaching assistants so the teaching assistants would come on conferences etc they would stay multiple days so it all it was set up um they had restaurants and bedrooms and you know for people to be able to stay for these courses um and my dad ran it and because he was the boss of it we had a house that came with a job and the house was actually in the grounds of this manor house so even though we didn't live in the manor house there are I am aware of quite a lot of activity that happened there. So firstly, the, the biggest one for me, because a lot of people witnessed it, was during a conference, there was a stable boy. Well, I say stable boy. He was walking across the old stables dressed in like, I don't know, like a brown flat cap and brown breeches and long socks. You know, you can kind of picture the, I don't know, is that Victorian? I don't know. And he walks across this courtyard, just like solid. He's not floating or transparent or anything like that. And 50 people in that conference room all saw him and they all pointed it out because they thought the college was putting on some kind of a show for the day, you know, some kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
1: Entertainment?
0: Yeah, some kind of entertainment for the day, but they weren't. And that little boy did not exist, and yet 50 people saw him walk across the stable yard. So that's that's pretty creepy. I mean, very creepy, some would say.
1: It was it in broad daylight as well?
0: Yeah, this was middle of the day. Yeah, yeah, middle wow. of the day. Um, the housekeeper had a house that was actually attached to the manor house, so it was part of it, and he said, like, almost every night, he would hear horses whinnying, kicking buckets, just generally making horse noises coming from the stable blocks that had all been turned into bedrooms. So there were no horses. So I think he was just like hearing residual noises from back when it was full of horses. And on multiple occasions, he heard a horse and carriage come up the driveway towards the manor house. And obviously there was nothing there, but it's a pretty unmistakable sound. A horse and carriage you know the clippity-clop and stuff yeah it was good uh you know good description clippity-clop no, yeah, <laughs> <good. I have
2: laughs> we, we don't need to put any sound effects on <laughs> yeah. so we'll just we'll just use that as a sample
0: um my dad now he never actually saw anything terrifying but the interesting fact about these this manor house was that on the grounds were three gravestones. Now, they weren't for humans, they were for dogs. So there were three dogs, I don't know, that had passed at some point and somebody had actually built them like a little tomb with their own gravestones and everything. So my dad, when he was working down at the manor house, would be constantly tripping over dogs that weren't there. Wow. what Would he see them or would he just feel them like... No, he'd, he would just feel them. He'd walk backwards. And my dad had worked with dogs all his life. He'd been um, a dog trainer in the army, so and we'd had dogs all our lives. So he knew what a, it felt. Fo- I know what you it know, feels like Everybody fault. knows what yeah. it feels like to trip over a dog. A soft, furry, but very unmovable <laughs> <Yeah>. object. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you're like, you, you little fucker, get out my feet. So, yeah, he was constantly tripping over dogs that weren't there. Um Another time there was a conference going on and my dad went to check that everything had gone well. And the speaker said, yeah, everything was fine, except this one door that would not stop opening by itself. And my dad's like, what do you mean? There there isn't a door in there that should be opening by itself. And he's like, well, it was just constantly opening. And every time I shut it, it would just open again. It was really annoying. So my dad says, well, go and show me. And they go into the conference room, and the guy shows my dad a door that's painted shut and that doesn't open. That's freaky.
1: This one always gives me shivers whenever you talk about this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't it's. Like it.
2: So this so this guy just kept seeing, you know, he was walking into this room and he just kept seeing this door open. But then when, you know, he went to go prove it to someone or show him the door, like you said, it was just completely sealed shut.
0: Yeah, completely painted shut. It did oh, not, imagine the it feeling would not open. when you see that and you think, oh, my God. <laughs>
2: so how do you explain that without, you know, your dad just thinking he's nuts? Yeah
0: yeah
1: i think my stomach would drop straight away if that if that was to be if I was no there, i God. promise it was really there yeah
0: <laughs> no but the thing is my dad believed because very shortly after he actually took the position at the college um the vicar of the it was a small village up in yorkshire and the vicar of the village mm. ca- contacted my dad and said do you want me c- to come down to the college and sort them out And my dad's like, what are you on about? I've no idea what you're talking about. And he said, well, it's coming up to Halloween. And uh, I know the spirits down there get a bit um, overactive during this time of year. And my dad was like, what the fucking hell? You know, because he he hadn't been there for very long. So he, he, you know, he didn't believe in ghosts at that point, but he sure did afterwards. That's for damn
1: sure. How, How long did he stay working there for?
0: uh wow so we moved to france in 1993 so probably about seven or eight years That's a lot of dogs to trip over so long enough yeah
2: <laughs> <It's> co- <laughs> it started knowing oh that was the sausage dog. yeah that
0: was, that was the collie and that was yeah
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of touching though that uh someone actually you know built them little uh tombs and stuff i think that's,
0: that's sweet that, mm. uh Oh, yeah, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. Uh, my brothers actually got jobs um, as waiters because there was a fully functioning restaurant in this manor house for the people on courses. And my brothers actually got jobs wait waitering. Waitering? Is that a word? Waiting. I'm good. Waiting. Waiting tables. And they were walking because our house was like a five-minute walk. So they were walking back and they got chased by a dog. And when they turned round to see where the dog had gone, it wasn't there. Oh,
1: it didn't like them then, did it?
0: No, it did not. It did not. He's seeing them off the grounds. Um, the what the the most intriguing story was actually my grandparents came to stay for Christmas, and we didn't have enough room at our house, so they stayed at the college because, as I said, there were bedrooms and stuff. So they had a room down at the college. Anyway, my granddad, he wakes up about six o'clock in the morning. And there's a little girl by his bed. And she was about my age. I think I was about six at the time. And he just assumed that I'd wandered down. As I said, it wasn't a very long walk to see my grandparents. And he was kind of coming out of sleep and thinking, oh, I really need to get Emma back before her parents realise that she's gone kind of thing. And the more he's waking up, the more he's realising that this little girl actually does not look like me whatsoever. She's got... (laughs) Yeah, she's got a little bonnet on her and she's wearing a little pinafore dress and she just reached her hand out and touched him, um, touched his hand and smiled at him. And as she did that, a woman walked through the wall, smiling as well, picked up the little girl and walked back through the wall. Now my granddad is like was very down to earth Yorkshire man I mean he you know he would not make this up he never told my grandma because he knew if he told my grandma she would freak out and never come back again but he did go and tell my mum and dad he was like I can't believe what I just saw and my dad said it's really weird you've said that because actually where your bedroom is now used to be the old nursery quarters when it was a family home. So that would have been where all the children and their nannies stayed. So. And she walked through the wall because that's probably a room that has changed since. Yes, exactly. It's been renovated. So she was probably walking through a doorway that is not there anymore. It's creepy
1: because they obviously knew that he was there because they smiled at him. And, you know, he could see them. So it's it's so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be proper freaked out.
0: Oh, it freaked him out. It definitely freaked him out. But there was nothing. It wasn't aggressive or terrifying. It was just a bit like, what's going on? You know? Yeah, especially when you're just waking up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Six o'clock in the morning. You're like, what's going on, man? What the hell?
2: <laughs> I take it granddad's a believer now then.
0: Uh, he was after that. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And he never, to- he never told my grandma about it ever. He never, ever said a word to her. I'm just trying to think if anything else weird happened. Uh,
1: what about the soldier? Oh,
0: yes. Two things. Two things. So my my mum was actually driving we could get to our house like from driving all the way in front of the manor house. There was like a big driveway that went all the way up to our house. And as she drove past, so the manor house was locked down. There's nobody in there. She turns to look at it because it was a stunning building. I'll send you a photo. It's absolutely gorgeous. And she sees a woman in the window just looking out. And she goes to my dad when she gets home. Is there somebody at the college? And my dad's like, no, there's absolutely nobody in the college. Everything's locked up. There's no cleaners. There's nobody. And she said, well, I just saw a a woman in the window. So, yeah, she I don't know who she was, but she shouldn't have been there. This
2: place sounds super active.
0: Yeah, well, it's actually really funny when we moved away and they they closed it as a college for a short time. They were doing ghost walks there, which I found really quite amusing. Um, and yeah, the last story there was a kitchen lady um, called Angela, and she'd worked there for years. Um, lovely lady, she was a farmer who like had a part time job in the kitchens at the manor house. Again, very down to earth and one day she was just working alone in the kitchens, tidying up, and she saw a Roman gladiator walk through the wall in front of her, walk across the room and vanish through the other wall. That's not the worst part. The worst part is she only saw his torso and his head. There were no legs. So the the legs had obviously stayed at the level of the floor when he was alive, and she, she was just, yeah, witnessing this torso and head moving across the floor. And she actually quit. She was like, "That's enough."
1: I don't blame her. Yeah, wow. Well, I think that would be enough to uh, to make anyone <laughs> quit.
0: Yeah, she. I mean, she'd worked there for years. She'd seen loads of stuff. But that was the that was it. She was just like, "No, I've had enough of this." And yeah, she quit her job.
2: That's weird. It sounds like there's so many different uh, characters at this place. You know, it's not just it's not just a ghost and kids and babies it's also you know like you say a roman soldier like you know what are the chances
0: i know i know so yeah i think that's about that's about it that i know of at the manor house
2: that's uh, yeah amazing amazing stories really really fascinating so,
1: did you say that's in france
0: no that's in england that's up in uh, uh north yorkshire yeah
1: try and visit it one day if it's uh, open to the public <laughs>
0: Oh, it's for, I think it's for sale at the minute, actually.
1: Definitely can't afford that. <laughs> we can do our podcast from it.
0: Oh, wear a big top hat and act like a little brat and be like, oh, daddy, buy
1: this for me. Just go for a free and tour. Then... <laughs> and then take loads of pictures. <laughs>
2: uh, really, really cool stories. So I think you've got one more. I think I actually heard this one on your podcast before. But uh, yeah, I mean, Nigel and our listeners haven't heard it. So please go ahead.
0: The, the creepy, the creepy kid stuff. Let's do it. All right. So this, I, oh, I actually did see something. So yeah, I can give you first-hand experience. So I've got little girl, I've got two little girls, but the, it was my eldest who was the creepy one um, when she started to speak. And I always had this in the back of my head because I've seen horror films and I know kids are creepy and they say weird stuff and, you know, kids toys when they run out of batteries is like the worst thing in the world and i've got all this going around in my head and anyway when she starts to talk she says she's got an imaginary friend called leo and i'm like cool that's not terrifying um but she was fine you know they played together nothing really particularly spooky apart from when she said he's crawling under the duvet to get into bed with you mum That was horrible. I did did not like that (laughs) whatsoever. But she did know a Leo. She did know a Leo from school. So I just thought, you know, it's just her imagination. It's all good. Then she gets another imaginary friend called Sarah. And I'm like, great. There's two of them now. (laughs) Houseful. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's getting a bit crowded. And again, nothing particularly scary she plays she chats there's nothing horrifying about it apart from when she said things to us like they'd perch on the windowsills and watch us all sleep which not a fan of stuff like that and then out of nowhere we get a third So just like Leo, she did know a Sarah. So I could kind of find a logical explanation, child's imagination. She's just going with the name she knows kind of thing. So this third imaginary friend turns up and he's called Clement, which is a French name. And she definitely didn't know a Clement. I checked. I went through every kid at her school. Nobody was called Clement. There wasn't anybody that we... Saw or you know hung about with called Clement, so I have no idea where she came up with this name. Um, and it's quite an old-fashioned name, actually, Clement, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. um
2: You should have started charging these uh, residents rent, rent right? <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: And uh, so she starts telling me about these invisible friends, and she says Leo and Sarah, brother and sister. Okay, that's fair. And then she says Clement's naughty. And I'm like, well, what else do we know about Climor? No, nothing, mummy. He's just naughty. And of course, I'm absolutely shitting myself at this point. I'm like, couldn't Ooh, he... Have- don't, don't trust the naughty No, one. couldn't <laughs> he have been like silly or funny or, you know. Hilarious. Yeah. Mm. But no, he's naughty. And she wasn't actually very keen on him. She would get quite uncomfortable whenever she said he was about, which was, again, quite freaky. And anyway, one day we're sat at the dinner table and we were having a family dinner. I actually had my in-laws here and we're all chatting away and she comes out, this two, two, two and a half year olds, and says, and you know my invisible friends, they're all dead, right? And... Oh. <laughs> yeah. and me and my mother-in-law looked at each other like, what the fuck just came out of this beautiful, darling child's mouth. <laughs> And my husband's like, right, no, it's fine. Because he's very, you know, level headed. It's just pretend, isn't it? And she's like, no, daddy, they're all dead. And oh, when I tell you, I could burst into tears. And we just kind of not ignore her, but just gently move the conversation away to something less terrifying. And then it comes to bedtime, so I'm getting ready to put her to bed. At this time, she was still sleeping in our bedroom. And she starts talking about them again. And, you know, I'm on my own with her and I'm like, can we just not? Can we (laughs) talk about (laughs) that? Let's talk
1: about rainbows and unicorns. Yeah, let's
0: talk about something different. And she gets like right up in my face, squints her eyes and she goes, they're shouting mummy. They're always shouting. I mean, when I tell you I shat my pants, I was. I think uh, it, it was. It no. It was so difficult because on the one hand, you know, she's my daughter. She's my. She's my blood. I love her more than anything. But on the other hand, I was like, oh my God, get
2: this child away. You were ready to up for adoption.
0: Yeah, throw <laughs> the whole child away. <laughs> call the priest. Just somebody call the priest.
2: Obviously, it's horrible for you, but it must be so horrible for her as well. You've had so many stories, you know, kids are so susceptible, right? A hundred mm.
0: percent. And I have absolutely no doubt that she was seeing things that were there that I could not see. But to be absolutely clear, she was not particularly perturbed by this whatsoever. She was having a great time with these kids that nobody else could see it. She was just accepting it as her reality. How long did this go on for? Um, I think she grew out of it around three and a half, four, and she just kind of stopped talking about it. Uh, she did tell me, and I didn't enjoy this at all. She told me that we had an angry lady who lived in our attic called Violet and she was always very cross and she had purple lips. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> that is creepy.
0: Well, the creepier thing still is our attic is like a mezzanine. So it's like, um, how to explain it? It's, well, it's like open, a, isn't it? Yeah, it's open. It's just a balcony, not a balcony, a banister. It's just a banister that you can see into from my bed. So basically, my bed is facing this banister attic with all our stuff in. So now she said that, I'm like, I know every time I go to bed, I'm going to be thinking there's an angry lady up there staring down at me. But not only that, and I've got this on video and I could actually send the video over to you. Oh, please do. I videoed, I could hear some strange noises. And to begin with, it was just like a kind of scratching. So I was like, is that a bird? Is there a bird on the roof? And then it got louder and louder and it was just escalating and escalating until it finished by like three massive bangs like on I don't even know what it was on was it on the roof on the wall I've no idea um I was sat with my cat and the minute these massive bangs happened my cat starts purring because he's obviously picked up on the fact that I'm really frightened so you know cats purr to kind of reassure you it's all very therapeutic and uh so yeah that happened and that's actually happened multiple times that these massive loud bangs have just i've got no explanation for it my husband's like it's birds and i'm like okay it's the birds." <laughs> their massive hands <laughs> it's yeah it's yeah. a bird wearing stamping their huge feet with their boots yeah, on they, on the they've roof they've got doc martens <laughs> on and they're whacking a frying pan against the wall exactly so yeah that's what birds do
2: i've still got all this uh creepy child stuff to come so i was just saying to uh tash before you guys joined the call uh, my daughter's during like four weeks time and uh funnily enough oh. we're actually gonna call her violet so i think we might i'm Oh my
1: mind
0: now <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> oh my god oh i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry
2: yeah it's really put me off now
0: Violet. I'm sure she'll be a lovely Violet though. She'll be very cute.
2: Hopefully she won't have blue lips and be evil. I mean, when she's born, she
0: will definitely have blue lips. They all come out a bit blue-purply. <laughs> it's, they are a bit gross to begin with. Be Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> They're all slimy. <laughs> be prepared. <laughs> no it'd be don't, bit, don't it'd be watch fine. the placenta come out don't <laughs> ben, oh god Ben's never my husband's never looked at me the same again
2: <laughs> i'm gonna yeah try and uh, avoid as much as i can while i'm uh, still being present
0: <laughs> poor jamie doesn't need to hear this right now
2: <laughs> yeah, I, i'm not ready for this <laughs>
0: <laughs> but congratulations that's really cool
2: Oh, thank you so much! Yeah, very excited for it. It's going to be a whole new experience in itself.
0: Yeah, just wait till she talks. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I can't. say I'm looking forward to that. They now. never stop. <laughs> to be fair, Becky and Tasha's kids have never been creepy, so I, I, I I'm just lucky. I, uh,
2: I spoke about it a bit in in the first podcast that we did, but I had a this kind of similar experience, a bit paranormal, I guess. So um, I we were driving for I was driving with my mum. And I just came out with to my mum, I've been here before, and she was like, "What do you mean you've been here before?" And I went on, told her this elaborate elaborate story about how I used to be a farmer and all sorts. And no way. Yeah, yeah. The, I, the whole story is in the first episode. So that,
0: that's crazy because actually, my youngest, who is has never really said anything creepy. The only time she said anything creepy was, "Oh, when I used to be a farmer when I was a grown up." Yes. Yeah, so, Maybe they knew each other. Maybe we used to farm together. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was picking up snails and slugs off the road and putting them into the verge so they didn't get squished by the cars, which is very sweet. And that's when she said, oh, I used to do this on my crops when I was a farmer, when I used to be a grown-up. And that was fun.
2: That's nuts. You hear so many stories about kids being reincarnated. They have this, they must have this, connection to the spirit world or you know past lives and all sorts oh
0: i definitely think they remember it i think they do yeah they remember it to a point there's actually a really good book if that's interesting to you called the children that time forgot and that's full of stories of children who remember their past lives and it's a really good book so fully recommend it's a good read
2: so many of these stories they can back up as well and you know verify there's you know hit evidence in history that you know that person was really there and how's a how's a kid gonna know that i
0: know it's crazy it is crazy absolutely mental but yeah i think i'm done now that's i think i've got all the creepiness out
2: there were some stories you really kicked the show off awesome
0: is your spine chilled?
1: It chilled quite a few times throughout your story. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Especially when you started talking about the the angry woman in the attic. Yeah,
0: no, but Becky doesn't yeah. like her. I like to remind Emma <laughs> of the purple lips lady because <laughs> Becky's a bitch. <laughs> I am. Does Becky now have to follow up for your stories with my one story that I've prepared?
2: <laughs> no pressure.
0: Um, no, it's a good one.
2: I just want to say sorry to our lovely listeners for interrupting these truly awesome stories. This turned out to be quite a long episode, so we've decided to split this episode into two and leave you hanging in suspense before we get into Becky's amazingly haunting story. Let me tell you, it brought shivers down my spine. It's one of the best ghost stories I think I've ever heard. You are really going to love this. Please tune in next Wednesday for Becky and Tash to finish telling their stories here on Your Ghost Stories you won't want to miss it. If you haven't already, please be sure to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on to help us grow this podcast. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, you can drop a review right away. Or if you're on Spotify, I believe you have to listen to a handful of episodes before you can leave a review. Also, please be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Your Ghost Stories Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch or join us on the show, please email us at yourghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, sleep tight.